President McLennan. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to the Portland Firefighters Association podcast, PFFA Pod. Welcome back. Yes, thank you. So this is the State of the Union podcast, which is you know a funny name for this because really I like just like the way it sounds. It has a nice sort of a grandiose sound to it. This is just an update with the president, presidential update. But we're calling the State of the Union. You okay with that? I think that's a great name. I like it too. Uh, I'm not much of a speech maker. Like I can't stand in front of a podium and make a speech. Uh-huh. Like. Uh, uh, would be a quote-unquote State of the Union, and I, I think this is a good version of that. I find that hard to believe, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't I set the table real quick for what we're, what we're going to do here today, at least, at least my initial thoughts, and I'll, let you, I'll turn the microphone over to you in a minute, and you can sort of steer this, this bus. Um, but we just uh, are we're recording this on Friday, 13th. It'll come out shortly. I missed the last the meetings on the 5th and the 6th. I was out of town with my family. Um, I tried to get to those meetings, so I don't really know what was discussed there. So the folks that were at those meetings, uh, I think there'll be some repetition here. I apologize for that, but I think there probably was information that was gone over that we can talk about. It will fall into the category of uh, update. And, yeah. Um, so you'll be, re- you'll be repeating yourself a little bit, which is kind of part and parcel of your, of your position, I yeah. think. Yep. Um, so... Just so folks know that, that, that that's one of the things. Um, <clears throat> I do have the agenda here, so we can sort of use that as, a, as some topics. Oh, good idea. Together. Okay. Um, I was thinking, if we could, to start with, uh, just to sort of fall prey to my recency bias, today's the 13th, as I said. Later on today is the um, inauguration. Is that right? Swearing in ceremony. Sorry. Our inauguration was earlier in the month. Swearing in is today. Yeah, I mean, I believe they've got... I mean, they were in uh, the new council was empowered on the first of January, right. and I don't. That's just by charter, but this is the official swearing-in okay. ceremony. So let's start talking about city council. Is that yeah. a, all right? Place to start. It's for a great you? space to start. <laughs> Wait, great place to start. Uh, so Renee Gonzalez, our new uh, commissioner, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna just circle back real quick. I want to give you a quick little story that I meant I meant to send to the legislative committee, but I couldn't find a thread, and then it slipped away. But I would say two to three weeks ago, I was on shift. We were down getting coffee downtown at, at Never. And this gentleman sort of stopped me as I was walking back to the rig and just started talking about uh, Renee. And he asked me what I thought about Joanne and this stuff. And of course, I was on, on duty, so I didn't give him any specifics. Right. I was like, well, you know, um, I am part of the legislative committee, legislative committee, so I was able to partake in some of the... Uh, interviews we did, and um, I was part of the conversation of the people that re- recommended that we support Renee uh, to the executive board. And it turns out, he said, well, I'm a PAC, com- uh, PAC committee uh, co-chair for Renee. So he's this developer. I can't remember his name. I had it in my head for a while. And he told me this little story about on uh, election night, looking across his heat map of yeah. voters. And I don't know how they parse this data, but essentially he said, and you probably heard this before, that they have data that showed that the firefighter endorsement really sort of pushed that needle for Renee. Wow. To get him to get him over the um, threshold. And he won by a fairly comfortable margin. Um, yeah, uh, five, six points yeah. is what is in my head. I was going to say six as well. 56% to 40-whatever. Yeah. So... Um, as someone sitting on that committee, I really liked hearing that. I mean, I don't, like I said, I can't tell you the veracity of the actual information, how true it is, but um, we really do punch above our weight. And for someone sitting on his committee, and, you know, we talked about Vadim as well, but that it's really what we're looking for in those endorsements is to be able to push the needle, you know? And I think we achieved that. At least that's what the the narrative of some of the the folks that are in the know see. So I think that's good for the political action committee. It's good for the union that folks in city council, they see that and they know that. It helps It helps our brand. I'm just getting 100%. that out. I'm just getting that story out there because I didn't get it to you before. <laughs> and now it's across uh, all the listeners. And if we can take it out, if you don't want it going across the air. Oh, this is going to be a good uh, lead off to this pod because, um, well, for starters... That's amazing little experience that you had because off the uh, off the cuff, no one knew each other. We're just getting coffee in Portland. It's a great story. Yeah, uh, but it's also echo echoes the sentiment that 
uh, Maria Fuge and I had when we were at um, Rene Gonzalez's election night party. So mm-hmm. before anybody mm-hmm. knew who won, we're mm-hmm. sitting there just before eight o'clock. And it wasn't long after the polls closed that the results came out. Maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of spitballing that. Um, but of course, there was a lot of celebration. And then there was the thank you speeches. And then, um, you know, Monty and I are just kind of like meeting people. But um, it was people were, came up to the two of us independently. We didn't know even know who they were. But we're wearing our Portland Firefighter Association polos. Uh-huh. So we were recognizable. And people that I didn't know and Marty didn't know came up for the both of us independently and were just like, you guys, firefighters are the reason that that carried this team over the line. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if people know the politics that was happening. If you don't live in the city of Portland, you may not have been aware, but the, but the campaign for Hardesty got downright as about as dirty as you can go. Yeah, I mean, very close to, say, spreading out, out outright lies, mm-hmm. just outright lies. Yeah. So, um, and I don't, I mean, politics is politics. So, but to say it's a lie or not a lie, I, I you know, obviously I can't say that for sure, certain, but it, it was definitely disingenuous at the very least. So, go ahead. I, I was just going to say being on the inside, like it may not have seemed like a outright lie to much of the community, but as in the know as you are on all the issues and the things that were being said, it, it sure, it Sure felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my, my, my working with the Renee Gonzalez campaign and just the work that we had done and working with their staff and team, mm-hmm. they stayed on message the whole time. Mm-hmm. They never once changed their message. Mm-hmm. Their message was about public safety and really about uh, securing this city. The one that a lot of us moved to or maybe we grew up in, and we see hurting. That yes, was really yeah, the focus yeah. of this campaign. But right. the message that were being saying that were being said about Gonzalez was really hard stuff. I mean, from, if they were said the about others, from the other side. Yeah, you could only yeah. imagine that those kinds of things were being said about you. How much that would hurt your feelings? Because right. especially if it wasn't true. Right. Anyway. Right. So yeah. So I guess now. We're in this position. Yeah. Uh, you have the swearing in today. I think the pipes and drums are playing at the swearing in. That's that's a nice. That's right. That's a, that's a pretty cool show. Um, I think we're getting off to a great foot. Getting off to a great foot. Does that even make sense? We're getting off to a good start. Good start for the year of 2023 with Renee, and yeah. and he, he's going to be our commissioner, uh, and, and we'll go from there. I mean, we don't we don't have much to say. We don't know exactly what it's going to be like, but I think, I mean. Certainly, I'm speaking me. I'm not uh, representing the whole membership here. Um, better than uh, the previous few years. Um, yeah. At least in access and having an ear and, you know, fucks to give. But um, I, I just, let's, yeah. I, the last thing I'll say is that it looks like we're going down a good road, and I hope that it turns out that way. Sorry, go ahead. Well, let me just say this, and I said this in the meeting. I think the, uh, what we have not seen, or at least for a long time, I don't think we've seen it in our career, Kyle, but we haven't seen us run a candidate on our own. Members turning out, putting on Firefighters 4 t-shirts, mm-hmm. waving signs, going to rallies, being at debates, mm-hmm. you know, interjecting our voice into the public fray, running against an incumbent, mm. taking a candidate, running against an incumbent, and winning. And I'm going to just tell you something, that is not the power of me, no. One person. It's not even the power of the executive board. It's the power of the membership. And people need to understand how much that resonates in this community. Is that the firefighter's voice, when we come together, that really, um, people listen. People listen. And the voice of firefighters, the people who are willing to risk their lives, mm-hmm. put others' lives above their own in our community really here to do for the defense of our city, but also there to make sure that everybody has a place to live, work, and play. Mm-hmm. When that voice comes out, people listened. And that's the take-home message. And I think that people need to listen like to that piece yeah. and know that like it's important that we continue mm-hmm. to do that in the future because in two years, the whole system's going to get turned upside down. Right. And we're going to go to a new system of government. And when that happens, we need to be ready. 
Firefighters need to have their voice heard. Mm. We need to understand the issues. We need to know who's coming and going to be leading the city, mm-hmm. whether it be the mayor, whoever's looking to be the uh, uh, city manager mm-hmm. or, or that specific role, whatever they title it. Mm-hmm. And then who's going to be those 12 people who are elected in those four districts. Right. So we got to be, this is, it's time starts to plan that now. But I think running on the fact that we just had a huge success on the backs of our members, those members who stood out early at seven o'clock in the morning, wearing t-shirts and waving signs. Mm-hmm. The one, when driving that fire, that, that fire truck around <laughs> the city with truck. Rene Gonzalez for city council signs, I'm telling you, that makes a difference. And we can, firefighters, for every one firefighter, we can make you look like 15. Yeah. That's the that's the powerful piece. We may not have as many members as the nurses or the teachers or some other unions. Exactly. We are a smaller union. We are one that carries a strong voice because we care about this community and we do that selflessly ultimately mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Okay. So Awesome. Um, I just wanted to say that piece. Yeah, of course, of course. So I'm just looking real quick at the agenda. And it's funny, the Portland City Council was the first thing on there. I wasn't thinking thinking about it that way. I was thinking about it more <laughs> just just because the uh, swearing in is today. Yeah. Um, anything else, just real quick, about the budget, safer grant, anything? I mean, that was just a couple items on the agenda. Anything to add to that? Just, to know, just to know that the safer grant was awarded. Station 23 will eventually be opened, uh, but the funding for that starts in March of this year and will run for three years. That also will keep um, all on-duty staff uh, at the same level as they are today. It secures that for three years while the grant is appropriated. That's a big deal because, as you guys know, we're always budget fights, Mm -hmm. always seem to come Mm -hmm. attack our our on-duty staffing. Mm -hmm. Now, the back end stuff obviously isn't safe and secure with that safer grant, but the mayor has right. committed at least the next two years he's there yeah. uh, to keep on duty staffing the same, and the grant it, secures that for can, future. Can you remind me, is it 165 or 169 on duty each day? Do you recall? 169 firefighters okay. on duty. So this will bring us up to 171. Okay, cool. Okay, it's 171. So essentially, by accepting that grant, the city is uh, committing to 171 firefighters on duty each day for the next. Three years. Three years, yep. Starting in March. the question that arises for me in that vein is, does that include the almost daily closing of apparatus? So like whether it's a rescues or an engine, that drops the staffing, I'm assuming. Yeah, those are two different things. So the funding mechanisms, the budget side won't change. The on-duty staffing is our availability of our members uh, or their ability to hire appropriately Uh, those to fill those spots. So... We're fully staffed right now. We're, every single b- position in the budget that's awarded to the fire okay. bureau is filled right now. So that includes the people that were just recently hired uh, as laterals. So every single position is filled. So why are we still shutting rigs down and forcing people to work? Well, we don't have enough FTEs in the budget. So we're working on that with hmm. through, through the official, you know, Kezia Wainer, uh, who is the, you know, the head of the finance management services division. Uh, she's working on that. Uh, we are obviously pushing on that. Uh, we need more FTEs. It's not, you know, we went over this, you know this, Kyle, that, right. that when we negotiated our last contract, it had some things in there like increased vacation leave and a work week reduction. Well, they never put any additional full-time employees or FTEs is what we use in the budget. Right. Essentially, firefighters on the front line. They didn't add more. So what that meant was as people take this increase in vacation, as we go have more Kelly relief, we're not backfilling it appropriately. So we're at a deficit, which means so, higher amounts of overtime, which is great, possibly, for some people. Uh-huh. Um, but when not people aren't willing to work that overtime, that's when we get into the staffing, daily staffing crisis. Now, I may not be understanding this 100%, but does that mean they can't, they, the Bureau, can't hire new people unless there's an FTE position available to put them in? That's my understanding. So you think we're fully, every FTE is is filled so how can we hire anybody more anybody more how can we hire any more people that's kind of the problem <laughs> i've never heard I mean, actually I'm, i've never heard it you know we are laid out that our, way yeah well i mean I'm, this is directly from the finance managers i mean she told me this so i know this is she's very she's very intelligent person yeah. and uh if she's telling me that every single position is filled and every single position is filled so 
you know, we're having, uh, I know the city has uh, reached out back out to CityGate. That's the company who did the big analysis over mm-hmm. the last five years, six mm-hmm. years or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, to do an analysis of our staffing situation, uh, specifically about how many travelers we need to have in order to fill. So they're looking at, the, you know, leave banks and figuring out what is the appropriate number that we should be at. The city currently is asking for 13 positions. They asked for that in the fall bump. That did not happen. So that's 13 additional FTEs added to our current roles, right? And 13 mm. is kind of mm-hmm. the magic number because that's what a station is. So right. a station is, you know, a captain, two lieutenants, three paramedics, and the rest firefighters or some mixture of that. But right. that's 13. Oh, and a Kelly Relief Kelly Relief, yeah. So that's that's how you get 13. Anyway, so that's the, that's on the budget side. They're, that's 13 is what they're at right now, but they're doing an analysis to see should it be more? What is, is the requirement? I mean, it's kind of silly in a sense. I mean, thir- I get the idea of 13, but why not just start with six? You know, we need the yeah. backfill for, for just general staffing to keep rigs open. I get it. 13 is a great number for a whole station, but let's go for six a year. Well, and I know Commissioner Gonzalez is supportive of increasing the number of firefighters. Clearly, we're in a crisis. It's no, he sees it from a very outsider perspective because he's only been on the job for 10 days. Um but like Mingus Maps, very data-driven individual. Mm-hmm. He needs to see like the data. So that's what the CityGate study is really going. The new one that they're working on now is going to show. It's like, look, data-driven says mm-hmm. we're below this many positions. We know it internally. We can just right. feel it. We're all working in an yeah. increased number of callbacks and with mandatories and you know well, shutting down rigs. Shutting down rigs. Yeah. So real quickly, then, do you know off the top of your head the number of FTEs assigned to the budget? No, I, this is just no a, because just it, a, that FTEs that's in the budget currently is like listing all the non-represented people and you know um, uh, people that work in the, in the shop or mechanics. It includes everybody. So, um, that budget thing is it's convoluted and difficult okay. To, okay. to understand for me. But I'm, look, I, if any, anybody has questions about this stuff, let's compile all these questions. Okay. Let's send them as a batch email, and they'll answer them all. That we're really. Information with Kezi is 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 it, we we work. You know, she's very responsive to right. answer our Great. questions. Okay. Honestly, all right. I think we're probably. I mean, from my point of view, good on that. We can pivot to something else. Um, yeah. It's. I mean, the idea of staffing, of course, brings us to one of the big issues of bargaining. Huh. So I know what's going to something negotiations, bargaining, however you want to uh, approach it. Can you give us? Uh, give me. 10,000-foot view, 5,000-foot view, maybe granular a little bit about what's happening in the process? Yeah, so we're bargaining times three right now. We have, um, we're bargaining the mandatory overtime policy that was sent to us back in November Mm -hmm. as a demand to bargain, separate of our uh, successor agreement bargaining, that we are at a conceptual agreement. We're waiting for them to confer with finance and legal uh-huh. um so the the details of that conceptual agreement are uh, under a cloak until we can have that come out and that the only reason that and i explained this in the membership meeting is right one of the problems with the summer staffing crisis uh that we went through is that as soon as we had a conceptual agreement i just let members know because the whole goal was to have people work right. volunteer to sign up right so that they could um you know, that was important. So the frustrating thing for me is that the city, the HR department has basically held their hat on the fact that like, well, the reason that didn't uh, come to fruition is because, you know, you told your members. Now, I think that's completely ridiculously false. Uh, I'm, I'm not, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. The, the reason it didn't happen is because you told them about a, a conditional agreement. That's or- right. And I was very clear in my email. If you read it, I was very explicit. I wrote things very explicitly like, hey, this nothing happens until it goes before council. This is the process. But And, it, and they go follow through? Did it go before council? No. Did it- no. And the reason it didn't, what, what I'm being told, part of the reason is, well, because I disagree you, because with this Because you premise. told them that. <laughs> it's because, I'm, it's because I, I have... Look, I, I hope it's clear that I'm trying to make sure that I'm very transparent with the membership. I want. I think so, yeah. I, I'm trying my best. So on this one, I'm not going to give them the ability to say that. So what that means is a little bit of 
more discretion on this one. And I know that's frustrating for people because they're like, well, I want to know what's in the deal. And I tried to explain in the membership <laughs> meeting um, the specifics, not the specifics, but the general philosophy versus the specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, and know that, you know, that the process is working <laughs> forward. But as soon as I have the authority to sell the membership, I'm going to do that immediately. Okay, let me ask you this at least. Can you at least run the information through all the executive board? I mean, I guess the point being, you want to have a bunch of ears and minds to to bounce the details off of so people can sort of think of the different angles that maybe one or two people don't always pick up on. The principal officers and the negotiating team is aware of it, 100%. Okay. What um, the executive board, uh, we've had one executive board meeting, and you know there's probably four new representatives on that team. Mm Mm-hmm. They may not be fully aware of all the specifics because we just haven't had the opportunity to sit down and talk about it, but they have a 100% right to know what's in there. And I got the assurance from the other side that it's okay to discuss with the executive board at the very least because that's the that's you know, our form of government inside of this union is the executive I'm board. I'm just going to call it how I see it. It sounds so. like bullshit. It like, totally is. There's frustrating, but They're setting you up to be to have a divisive issue. It's going to be. This is not a slam. This is what I said in the meeting. This is not a slam dunk. Okay. Now I, there's a lot of things in here that are going to be, that we're going to be very happy about okay. as a membership, not just as as the officers, but the membership are. It's going. There's. We were not going to get a deal without some form of incentive to mm-hmm. sign up to work. Okay. That's the bottom line. So you know that's in there. Um. The specifics are yet to come, and that's so fine. just know that there will be. Albeit, not what we were. You know, it's not double time, so it's not double time. That's fine. I don't you want know, any details. I don't want. That's like a I'm that's like gonna... a dirty word now. Apparently, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so it's not double time. So you're but saying it's, it's triple be, time. It, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's bar, that's mandatory bargaining. The right. successor agreement for our sworn members. Right, we have what I call affectionately called the purple book right now, which is our right. contract right. for all uh, Portland Fire and Rescue sworn members. Uh, it's roughly 700 of us. That. Um, is being you know negotiated under uh, the interest-based bargaining. We talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That process yeah. is just now kind of really getting into the meat of it. Yeah. We have, we're, we're meeting with the city every other week for every an other all-day week. session. So okay. every two weeks, eight hours in the chairs, you got all principal officers, our okay. note-taker, Cameron Homan. You yeah. also have on the management side, you've got two, anywhere from two to three HR representatives. You have um, the division and staff. So you've got... Carrie Schimmel, Tim Matthews, Ryan Gillespie, Kezia Wainer, and uh, is, I think that's, is, it might be those four. Is Chief Boone sitting on? No, she. I believe it was her choice, and uh-huh. I think she elected not to be in the room for whatever reason. That's okay. her own. Okay. So, do you know uh, a week or the two weeks ahead what you're going to be? Which issue you're talking about? Yeah. The, you, okay. The previous week, when we and we spend the last about but about. 4.20 in the afternoon, when we're, we usually break around 4.30, we stop whatever we're working on, and we uh, we complete the agenda for the following okay. day, so okay. for two weeks from now. And I scheduled internal meetings with our, our team okay. in between, at least one meeting in between each one of those. So we're as a team, we're meeting at least once a week, okay. whether it be in bargaining okay. or, or separately. The other thing is the new contract with our community health division. That's our chat and PSR members mm-hmm. that are EMTs, not firefighters. That contract... We have there. We are essentially going to be doing sitting down and finding out which articles that are in our current contract would also be included in that one. It's going to be much more of a kind of a nuts and bolts meeting. So you started out saying your bargaining times three. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the third mandatory one. mandatory overtime, right? Successor agreement for okay. PFNR sworn and the community health division. It's interesting. Like I, I know community health is new, but I feel like that's a distraction of sorts that maybe we don't need right now. Well, they need a contract. Those workers don't have a contract right now. So they need to have a contract. That's the bottom line. How involved is their district rep in dealing with all that? Well, they just were elected. Uh, Amy Quinn is their representative of their choice. And she is, uh, you know, just learning her role now. And we just came back from the Oregon State Firefighters Council right. training. And, you know, that, that gives her okay. something to start with. Uh, and... You know, she's obviously very motivated in her Good. position. Good. People obviously supported her. So she will be on the bargaining team 
uh, as well as, you know, kind of just a reduced number of people. Cause this wasn't, this didn't, most issues should just be like, Hey, this one needs to come in. This one needs to come in. This one needs to come in from our, our sworn contract into this one. Then there's going to be a few nuances right. that are a little bit different because their shift schedules are mm-hmm. different. They're how they take vacations a little different. So there's a little, there's a few things that are going to be different. Is there a template from another organization like Eugene Cahoots you could pull their contract and use as a template? Well, what we're doing is we're kind of blending, essentially what we're going to be doing is blending our contract and the ProTech 17 contract. Okay. So ProTech okay. 17 is another union that represents okay. some city workers, professional and technical employees. The reason we're doing that is because on the other side of Portland Street Response, you've got the peer support, you've got mental health professionals. Yeah. Those members are represented by so, ProTech. So we need to have some alignment on some benefits because it. they're sitting side by side. So it would make no difference. If one person's on vacations mm-hmm. and the other one's not, mm-hmm. that doesn't work. So right. those vacation, right. for instance, vacation and, uh, sorry, holidays, so I meant to say, holidays need to be aligned so right. that, that, that they, you know, they match up. So you're not reinventing the wheel. Well, yeah. they just, the workers yeah. sit side by side. So if one person's on a holiday, this one's got to be on a holiday too. Yeah. Otherwise, you got you know what I mean. It doesn't disparity, work. sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, circling back real quick, just we were talking about the the mandatory bargaining, and we'll, we can pivot. The thing that you stuck out to me is you're waiting on finance and legal, so I'm sure that won't be more than seven or eight months for them to get back to you. <laughs> Sorry, just they, a little, they little obviously junk. they want this too. So that's our <laughs> big that's our big caveat is that they don't get what they want until they give us what we want. Okay. So okay. the longer they delay, the long, worse it gets for them too. Okay. Anything else about bargaining you want to jump in on there? Or I think that's move? a good nutshell. I know there's a ton. We could do a whole podcast just on bargaining, which maybe we should, yeah. maybe in a month or two Okay. when we're really getting into it. Um, but I would say we're on surface level stuff. We've taken a couple issues up. We're deep diving into a couple issues. And um, I'm feeling good about where we're at. Let's just remind everybody that council votes on our contract one of those people just got elected and was supported right. by the firefighter association. Right. Um, real quick then you, one of the, one of the things was the mandatory bargaining. Is that folded into the same process? So like if you have, you're meeting every other week for successor bargaining, does that take some of the time of those meetings? So like you actually do them at the same time, even though it's maybe a separate issue or does that tint it separate? You don't do that at all during successor bargaining. Yes. Yeah, so, so in the we, we our first successor bargaining was supposed to be like sometime in November, and we tabled that to get the mandatory policy done first okay. because both sides felt that we needed to solve that problem. So we took up the time that was going to be spent okay. on our successor agreement to get that thing done. Okay. So just random here. So do you know what your? I'm not sure when your next meeting is, but um, what's 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 on the agenda for the next meeting? Oh, well, let me pull up the old document here. The old document. Um, all right, so um, the, the January 18th is our next uh, our next bargaining session, and we'll be here at the Union Hall uh, all day. Um, the agenda is basically check back in on the, on the letter of agreement uh, and uh, of the policy for mandatory overtime. So we'll start our day with that, unless that gets, I mean, it's only five days away, so I suspect that they... You know, they probably won't have anything done until we get to then. But we should hear back on that. We're also going to continue bar- uh, sorting bargaining subjects. And that really, what that means is both sides have brought all these subjects of bargaining. Mm-hmm. And they're putting into these different buckets. Some will be carried out with the interest-based bargaining model. Mm-hmm. Some could just be language changes that are not confrontational. Yeah, just sure. be like, hey, we just need to switch this word to this word. Mm-hmm. It's not cost issue. It's And the reason we're doing it is because of this. We explain it. Yeah, no problem. Off it goes. So there's some easy ones in there. There's ones that we're going to do what's called trial balloons, which basically means we're going to kind of do it through a traditional bargaining or, or uh, session. And that really is, um, uh, you know, there's some things that just, it's they're not super complicated. We don't need to do the whole interest-based process. So that's, that's the sorting. Uh, we're going to continue on the retiree-hire article. That one's really important for both sides because... We both see it as a, a way not only to motivate people to stay on a little longer and give a couple more years of service if they can, but we're in a staffing crisis, and as we're, we we just can't seem to hire people for whatever reason. Uh, we're, we're doing entrance tests, we're doing lateral tests, lateral processes, and we're not getting the number of people applying for that. Can we talk about that for a oh, second? Let's do it. 
Um, let's take a let's, take, let's put a pin in the agenda for the 18th, and we'll go to that. Okay. Oh no, we'll go back. Finish finish up. Well, I'll, I'll just I've got I'll just read this off. Okay. The productivity. That's something that the city wants. That uh-huh. really what we should expect uh, is something that they want is the is to have performance reviews done annually. But again, we're in bargaining. So when I say something like that, don't think, oh, that's going to happen. Or what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. none of those things have been defined. So I'm just letting you know we're working on it. As the, the city also would like to take a look at our discipline article and make some changes in there. We haven't seen that yet. I suspect that we'll see that on the 18th. Mm-hmm. We're also going to start looking at the data for economic subjects. Those are the ones that most people are probably focused on right now, considering we're in a I mean, everything costs more. I mean, just the fact is, is we're just, you know. Sure, yeah. Inflation is through the roof. So, uh, but it's, we're, we're, we're leveling out, it looks like to me, but it's, you know, who knows? I'm not an economist, so. Right, right. Um, and then we'll, the fact we always, at the end of the day, we always set our agenda okay. for the next day. Anyway, so let's go back to the hiring. Yes, and just a real side note, that sounds like a just, I mean, I know it's different and better, Processing before, but it still sounds like a grind. So thanks for doing that. Well, we didn't even have agendas last. Kyle, you were in bargaining. This the notion that you knew what was going to be on the right. docket for the next day. Didn't have any idea. So, I mean, everything that happened was driven by us. Yeah. That was my my yeah. It was, but it was not orderly. No, and, no, no. And there was no expect. There was nobody holding anybody no, to any expectations. No, no, that's what's different about this one is okay. that there's expectations, and you can't say no. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. All this right. is a, a first time that I know that we've done this style yeah. of bargaining. So so uh, recruitment, we, that sort of popped up there. Um, you're saying we have a hard time hiring people. Uh, I've heard, and I think there's a, there's a pretty, I mean, if, if I've heard it up in, the, up in the hills where I work, I'm sure it's not unknown among the Bureau, uh, the membership, the number of people that came, were signed up for this last uh Recruitment test, last test, um, which is going on right now. I think that there's uh, interviews actually starting today uh, for for the next round. It's the video VidCruiter. It's the new um, video. I know. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's, is that really their name? Yeah, VidCruiter. <laughs> Um, and it's such okay. a strange thing. I'm not sure what efficiency they're trying to um, get to through doing doing this method, but that's not my not my thing. Um, has there been discussion, or your, you can just give me your thoughts if you want to pivot it that way? What's happening for the shockingly low number of people, folks that have applied for this job? Let me just start by saying it should be not. It shouldn't be a shock to anybody to know that we have absolutely no input on hiring people from Local Forty Three. Right, we have zero control over that process whatsoever. Other than you know, some of our members work on that, obviously. But right. when it comes to the union side, there's the, that is a management right. Hiring is a management right. How they hire, blah, 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 blah. So we don't, all we can do is provide our input. That said, let's go back to your your question, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, you have to read me the question. Essentially, what it. has there been any discussion, maybe, maybe labor management, or just you can give me your own personal thoughts, I guess, what, why there's been such a shockingly low number, and what to do about it. Like, what there, I'm assuming, I want to assume that that number comes in and the people involved with recruiting say, holy shit, how can we do better? How, do, how are we going to do something differently, do this better so we can either provide a better product, make it better, a, a better recruiting strategy, a better recruiting? I mean, there should be some red flags flying f- very high for the administration when they see this. If I was uh, the recruiter for a day, I know what I would do, but I uh, I can't, I'm not in on those inside circles, okay. but I do think we need to put more into recruiting. Mm-hmm. I think we need to put more effort and more, maybe more people. Something needs to change because obviously I would say that it's not, doesn't seem to be working. It doesn't seem to be working from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. I think why are we not ex- why are we not getting 4000 applicants right. to be a firefighter now that may not be the responsibility of the of how we're hiring or how we're recruiting there's also the side that we do have a lot of control over and that is our contract right if we are if we increase the rate of pay benefits working conditions mm-hmm. that will attract employees we're also losing people for the first time in our career, we're people ever, are ever. resigning in yeah. droves, and people have resigned here and there 
for personal reasons, but not like what we're seeing now. You have to get another job somewhere. Yeah. yeah. In the last in the last two years, we've I think we've had like twelve resignations. Something. I mean, I don't have the number, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I do. It's in my office, it's, but yeah. I, you know, so it's something like that. It's something about in the last two years, like twelve resignations. In, in the history of Portland Fire and Rescue, I think we're looking at like twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three resignations total ever. Right. So people don't resign. People retire. They don't resign mm-hmm. until now. So you've got a retention issue. So in when we when I went down and testified in front of City Hall to make sure, you know, to, to advocate for the SAFER grant being accepted, the mm-hmm. award that was already awarded to be accepted. Mm-hmm. One of the key, couple, the commissioners all spoke, and the mayor specifically said, we need to do something about our ability to attract and retain quality employees. Mm-hmm. And so that's on the record. And I agree, we do. And I know a few ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that in this bargaining session to go back to bargaining, that we can do that. That's the way we can control it from our perspective. We can influence how that bargaining process goes to make this job look more desirable to outside people and retain the ones that we have. Okay. All right. Well. It's not really the answer you're looking for. No. I mean, I, I, and I guess <laughs> you, you haven't been uh, in those, those room, in the room when those conversations have happened. And I don't expect you would be. Um, but I... I guess my, my point was I was just assuming that that was an alarming to the people that are involved with that aspect of getting people hired. Um, and I would hope that there's some harder conversations going on. Well, we don't have labor management meetings right now because we're oh. bargaining. Oh, okay, right. And right, right. that was the request of the city. I think the city's, uh, I'm going to speak for them, and hopefully it's not inaccurate to say this, but I think their concern was the time we're going to be in bargaining twice a month ish every two weeks for all day sessions with their whole management team and labor management on top they were concerned about the amount of time they're spending so i Understood. think it was a way to yeah. uh, retain some of their hours of work uh, and other yeah. subjects yeah okay well if you don't if you don't mind i think i'm good at this point to just sort of turn this over to you and any direction you want to go Okay. Um, with with an update, State of the Union, I can offer you this agenda to look at. I can prompt you a little bit. But, um, <laughs> well, let, but, let's just, let's let's say holistically. I, I'll before because I love maybe there's some things on this agenda we should go over. But holistically, I know this is very cliche. Uh oh. But I'm going to say it because I want to do it. Do it. The state of our union is strong. Bam. And I can say that with backing. Mm-hmm. Say politically, I've. We're as strong as we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Our team on the executive board that the members have elected to be on this board, I, I love the talent we have on there. We did see some talent leave, mm-hmm. and uh, I acknowledge those individuals at the membership meeting, but mm-hmm. uh, Chris Webb, Brian Dunnan, and Cameron Homan, exceptional people. Mm-hmm. Exceptional people yep. that I think had the members' interests at heart. Yep. And I, I really value the time that they put in yeah. All of them put in an enormous amount of time. And I know they're not done. Yeah. I, I've had in, uh, conversations with all of them. They're not done. Good. That's what I, so that's what the, I was going to say. I hope they're much still. Much like yourself, yeah. Kyle, you yeah. can't seem to quit. Um, <laughs> uh, but that said, I'm really excited about the people that have been elected and put in those positions. So our executive board, I'm very confident that this team is um, diverse and of their opinions, of their... Um, uh, interests. Interests. Yeah. You know, and now we've, we're starting to see some younger folks come in. That's good. So yeah. uh, some more representation of people that are on PERS mm-hmm. retirement system. Mm-hmm. Not that that really matters ultimately because retirement security is such a bedrock issue. Sure. And uh, everybody understands and, and values the importance of securing everyone's retirement. Right. No matter what system they're on, I've, at least in my time, in 12 years since I've been on, on in some capacity, well, I've come up on 13 years of service to the union, I've never seen anybody say, oh, I'm not helping out that retirement system. No, 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 no. So we, we I've never seen that kind of thing happen, yeah, but I know that it's important to people. It is. And all that said, it's still worthwhile and important to have folks that are in, on the PERS, you know, on the, in the PERS system to be in the room, even if you're not talking about uh, uh, retirement stuff. Um, it's still important, and it's also, I mean, just indicative that they're younger members, at least mm-hmm. younger to the to the bureau. That's right. It's all and, good. And then to kind of keep going on the strength of our union to say, um, 
we're, we're we have the highest number of members that I that I've ever that I've seen seven hundred and forty seven active members. Mm-hmm. Um, we're growing, uh, and the safer grant. It's going to secure our funding for the next, or not funding, it's going to secure our own staffing. So we're growing in the community health division. That's mm-hmm. 27 mm-hmm. members. Mm-hmm. The Port of Portland looks like they're coming up to full staffing. So they've been in a deficit for a while. But right. the last report I, I got from their representative is that their their staffing is coming back up and they'll be back to full strength here mm-hmm. shortly. We are, we are, uh, uh, we're still in a deficit and we are balancing on, we don't know if we're going to have a continued staffing crisis for a year or two, or are we going to be able to shore this up now? You know, I don't know that one. That's the biggest weakness right now. Is I could give you my opinion that? on that. Yeah. But it, we did kind of talk about a little bit of that, the recruiting. Yeah. But that said, we're, I believe we're kind of through this wave of pandemic. And I believe uh, 2023 is going to be a the year we look back as the year that at least our union, our members, remembered the pride we have in what we do. Not that we ever lost our pride, but I think it was called into question. Mm. There's just a sense that like, you know what? I apparently I just this is I just got to take care of number one and and you know it's not that I don't respect and value the people that work next to me, but the value of what it is that we do as firefighters for the city of Portland, I think was was called into question because I think that members overall didn't feel appreciated by, uh, or didn't, or the, the appreciation for the work and the sacrifice was not being delivered. Right. And it was, and so when that doesn't happen, people go, well, I guess I'm not valued. And if I'm not valued by my organization or my city, then I guess I don't care about them. And I remember this sign. It's taken down, and I don't know why, but it said, like, you know, through these doors walk the best firefighters in the world or something to that effect. Oh, and I know that's very... We were just talking about that the other day. I yeah. know that's... I, I assume why I know that sign is not there anymore, but I... Th- why not? Why don't think that you're the work for a department that has that sense of pride in their organization, in each other, in our city? I mean, we have... There's 650... 650,000 people who live in here, and I'm sure it grows to mm-hmm. maybe close to a million during the day when people come to work. We we have a very important job. We protect the people in this city so that they can live, work, and play. And I feel like coming out of this fog of the last three years is now. That's what I think now. Hey, I don't know. Yeah, I'm a bit of an yeah. optimist, so I could be wrong, but I feel like this year all the things we got working for us right now are all coming together mm-hmm. and we are going to be going up Good. in all yeah. of the, that status. Now, again, I'm an optimist, so take that with a grain of salt. We'll see what happens. Good. Okay. I have some other thoughts about that sign coming down and that, <laughs> that mural growing up, but I'm going to leave, leave it alone. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's worth worth going into right now. It's not worthy of of, of our time. So, um, good. So oh, your the state of the union is strong and you're positive. Um, are there any details you want to descend into from, and I can, we, we talked about negotiations about city council. There's a, um, grievance arbitration city, PFA versus city of Portland. Yeah. Is that something? Yeah. We can talk a little bit about that only to say that, that the arbitration itself, the actual court case, uh, sitting in front of the arbitrator is completed. That process will not be known to uh, us until probably mid to late March, so that's that's two months from now. And it's going to why it's so long. Well, that's there's a process piece, but essentially what this is is we believe that the City of Portland uh, massively um, was derelict in their duties and the responsibilities regarding how they ran the process that ultimately left a member um, uh, harmed financially by uh, withholding their promotion. So okay. we believe that this. Um, the, how the city managed this situation disrupted two members' lives. We pointed out again and again and again their faults and flaws. And I feel good about this case, but mm-hmm. Kyle, you know how this goes. I do. I, I do. felt good about cases that didn't win, and I feel like terrible about other cases that did. Yeah. So I'm going to withhold my judgment to say we feel good about mm-hmm. our position against the city of Portland and their yeah. mismanagement. Um. But we'll see in okay. mid to late March how this turns well, out. you know, the root of arbitration is arbitrary. 
So <laughs> this seems that way at times. Okay. Well, I don't have I don't have anything else specific on our on this list. Um, is there anything that you there was uh, deeply discussed at the meeting that you would like to add to? Um, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. It does. You know, there was nothing because I remember actually saying, "Does anybody have anything they want to talk about?" And it was most. It kind of uh, it came to get the news. I think most people came to get the news. We did have a good showing both days. Good. Uh, I would say the Constitution bylaws is something that I, we should bring up. It has nothing to do with me and my role as president, but you will possibly around the time this podcast airs, some you you should get a notice for referendum vote of the Constitution bylaws. A complete uh, red line version will be available to members to see through and read through, mm-hmm. as well as a clean version. So you'll see every change that's been uh, has been proposed. All this stuff has been. This is this version is probably the longest revision of the Constitution bylaws I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. Been part of like two or three at this point. It's nothing super, super profound, but there, I'm not I'm not going to go over those points. Only to say it's coming out, and if you have questions. We can do a Zoom meeting if people want. Mm-hmm. I would leave that to the chair of this Constitution and Bylaws Committee to decide if he wants to do that or not. But it, there's going to be a, a summary, so you can and everybody should at least read the summary mm-hmm. and, and uh, know that this has gone through the Executive Board, the Constitution and Bylaws. We've used the international associations for, for uh, firefighters for for uh, reference and mm-hmm. making sure that we're staying within the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So everything's on the up and up. The, I would say that one of the couple of biggest changes is that it adds in the, the ability for us to have a community health representative on the executive board. It adds it changes our right. meeting structure from a two day meeting structure to a single day. We're one of the maybe the only union in the or in the United States and Canada that still mm-hmm. operates on shift meetings. I don't know anybody else that does. Everybody's gone mm-hmm. to single day meetings, so it does that. So it just kind of is know. what it is. If you're on if you're on shift and you want to come, it's just one of those meetings you can't go to. We believe that the, the we we can't remove that. That's the foundation of our union members should have their voice heard. We mm-hmm. should be able to have a debate on the floor. Do we? You know, there's a lot of other ways we're getting our our messages out. Right. So. You know, it makes sense to you know, me. I just just asking the question, and I'm going to circle back real quick. So I believe is Terry Foster the the chair of the yeah, committee? Is that Terry right? Foster, yeah. And so I'll, you know, I've been through one of these before. I feel like they get updated maybe every eight to ten years, something like that. That's right. So yeah, they get the all of the uh, revisions get sent to international. They go through with their legal and send them back, and they make recommendations. It's a bit of a lengthy process for not a ton of actual change, but. We'll be able to. We'll be able to. Anybody who wants to, when the information comes out, can just take a quick look at it, and they'll be able to see. Uh, is it track changes, sort of? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You'll see every. Uh, you know, I mean, track changes version or redline version, whichever you're familiar with talking about. I, I know track changes better. Yeah. Okay. And Terry, if you're listening, if you want to add anything, or you want to do a Zoom, or you want to do a podcast, let's do it. This might be one of our shorter uh, discussions, Isaac. It's weird. I mean, like, we're not even quite at an hour. That's shocking. <laughs> well, you know, as we mentioned earlier, we could go on about any detailed deep dive. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if we are in the interest of wrapping up, which I think is probably appropriate anyway, mm-hmm. I just want to say that uh, I am so appreciative of members who came out in support of Renee Gonzalez. And I hope you see that those dividends paid. And now, well, now that we go into the governing section of our time with Renee, we will see if uh, you know that change on council has any ability for us to have uh, you know to do our job because that's what this is really all about. Yeah, do our job and being able to you know be uh, paid and have benefits that match that. That's what this is really all about. So uh, that's we'll see how that pans well, out as with anything. But I right. want to people to know that's like. We don't do that unless members show up. Right. That's the key piece to this whole thing. There is a ton of information for Renee to get into his into his brain, into his sort of worldview, to understand our issues. And just the fact that you, we have the ability to have a good, open conversation with him or his chief of staff, uh, that should be helpful. Do you, are you going to set up sort of monthly meetings to be able to just chat and tell them what's going on? I think it's going to be a little more informal than that. Okay. 
if that makes sense. To sure. You. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we will have. I invited him to come. Uh, I uh, to sit with the executive board uh, in February. February. Mm-hmm. So that will be his, uh, the everybody there a chance to ask him any question uh, or him to say something to the board about what you know. But that's that's on the books for a month from now, February thirteenth. It's our mm-hmm. next executive board, mm-hmm. um, and so I look forward to that. But. I've got a good relationship already with his chief of staff. So if there is something that needs to be said, it doesn't need to go through an official capacity necessarily. Perfect. So that's, that means a lot. And that's, it's the, it's, that wouldn't happen without the members. So I just want people to know that. Great. Great. Yeah. I would say that I'm, you know, I'm super thankful for, for that, them and, um, everybody for listening. Uh, you know, these are, these are lengthy and if you have any suggestions or, you know, my phone phone and texts are always open. I always encourage people to reach out to their district rep first, but, you know, um, I'm, I'm trying my best to make sure the members are updated and, and we communicate respectfully. Uh, I really like to utilize the... Uh, I know people don't like another thing on their phone, Kyle, but uh, <laughs> I like Slack because it allows for a two-way communication. If we send an email, which is still appropriate in some respects, it's a one-way communication. And if you have a question about that, it's just I respond back to you one person when other people could benefit from that same question. So right, right. It, I encourage people to you know, move to that form of communication. If, it's, if you want to know, if you want to have a deeper dive in the union, that's where it is. A lot of dialogue happens on there member to member. Doesn't right. necessarily have to be right. question and answer with the executive board or the president, but that's where I'm putting everything. It almost—I didn't really set this up this way when I started in January last year, but it, it reads to me when I read my president's corner like a journal. Mm-hmm. It's the closest thing that I have to a journal. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, it's almost like if I was to go back and look at what I did, that's the probably the best frame of reference is just look at that channel and things that I wrote in there. It's mm-hmm. a very good catalog of when pressing issues hit, what conversation ensued, right? What documents were associated, pictures. Yeah, it's kind of, it makes me think about that now and go, I need to be better about putting more on there because right. that is the right. That's the thing that's going to tell the story ultimately. Fine, I did use the QR code at the station. I put it on my phone. <laughs> it's there now. Yes, <laughs> I did it. Um, great. Well, thanks so much for your time. Yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting a hundred things, but we'll do it next time. We could, whatever. Um, I'll be at the next meeting so I can have that under my belt. But uh, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks, Kyle. I support this union and I support you as a president. Thank you. Appreciate that.